Truth Be Told Productions, the aftermath of a Kansas City necktie party. This is my sixth podcast. First of all, I need to say this podcast is full of speculation and theories on what could have happened on April the 15th, 2009 at this Kansas City necktie party. I do have the police reports. No charges were filed due to a lack of cooperation of eyewitnesses. A 20-year-old guy is murdered at a party in front of at least eight people. In interviews, some witnesses claim the victim to be on ecstasy, implicating an accidental overdose. Are we looking at an accident, or was the victim assaulted? The medical examiner declared the manner of death as a homicide and not an accidental death. We know he was assaulted. He was assaulted to death. Someone squeezed him. Someone squeezed the life out of him. Someone should have some explaining to do. A late night party gone horribly wrong and no one says what really happened when asked by the police. Do you think he died and that's it? If you were there or if you have information on this case and you've been quiet all these years, do you think to yourself he died? He just laid down and died? Lights out? Game over? Do you think he went to sleep right there on the living room floor and never woke up and life went on? Reality isn't that pretty. Once in the hospital, he had numerous seizures until he passed days later. His family stood by his hospital bed and watched him twist and flinch. And with every movement came hope that he would miraculously open his eyes and squeeze a hand. Hope that he would come back to life. If you have guilt or involvement in this case, come forward and speak your piece. Maybe they were play fighting. Maybe that's how this all started, where they are play fighting and they're just playing. And then roughhousing gets out of control and a TV gets cracked. There's a ruckus and the tenant comes back in the apartment and he's done. He's sick of it. It's been brewing all night and we're at the moment of rage. He comes in to the apartment from the patio where he's been cooking chicken and there are two people fighting. His co-worker and the new guy. And the new guy has got an alcoholic buzz on. This tenant, he loves his co-worker. He loves his co-worker like a golden pony boy. He sees the two fighting, scuffling, breaking things. Attitudes, alcohol, and a low simmer. The tenant gets punched in the nose. The tenant then tackles all of them to the ground. And he's really sick of it. If you can imagine, what would he be saying? Things like, the damn cops have already been here twice. I told you to shut up. 
Well, they shut the victim up forever. The victim is blue. The tenant is scared. He starts CPR and he tells Pony Boy, get out of here. The second that the tenant came through the patio door, it was two on one. And then maybe a whole bunch of people jumped in. I don't know because no one came forward and told the truth. Now, the tenant told Pony Boy, go on, get out of here. And a female follows Pony Boy to the parking lot and starts yelling. During the third 911 call, the neighbor again is calling police, but this time not for noise in the apartment. The third 911 call that the neighbor makes to police is because of fighting in the parking lot at the apartment complex. And then she reports a pickup truck fleeing the scene. Well, if a girl followed Pony Boy out of the party because the tenant instructed him to leave, you can imagine, can you just imagine a girl, you know, he later says, that it's his ex-girlfriend he's following home, so maybe it's her. But what would she say? She'd say, hey, you aren't going anywhere. You started this shit. Now you're running away. You need to do the right thing and stay here and own your part. And then he says, you know, whatever, probably some profanities. Hey, I don't really know, but it was enough and it was loud enough to make the neighbor call 911. Later, when... Interviewed by police, the 911 caller says she heard someone yell in the apartment after a loud wrestling, banging. She described it as bodies hitting the floor, noise. She heard someone yell twice, I won. So somebody's in there, I won, I won. Then she heard steps up the stairs and then heard the arguing in the parking lot and saw the red truck leave the premises. police officer responding to the scene is notified by dispatch that a red pickup truck has fled the scene and while he's en route sees a red pickup truck pulls him over forces him return to the scene the report says he escorted him to the scene so now pony boy's back at the scene and when interviewed by police He says he left before any confrontation even happened. That people were just having words with one another. And that he didn't want to be a part of it. And so he fled the scene and left. He doesn't even claim to be there. When all the while, he's probably the antagonizer. There are two people of interest to me for this case. And the first person of interest is Pony Boy, who fled the scene in a pickup truck. And the first thing he did was lie to police right off the bat. First thing out of his mouth. I wasn't even there. We left before it happened. The second party that I think is responsible for this is the tenant. I think that the tenant 
just had enough. And it was, that's the definition of he got jumped. More than one person. It was Pony Boy and the tenant. And they, that kid was being too loud. And they just shut him up forever. All the witnesses that were interviewed that night. And they said, I don't know. I didn't see. I don't know who the victim was fighting with. All of that was fear. There were all these young adults at this party. And they're afraid because they just witnessed this. And if it can happen to him, it can happen to them. They're just afraid. They all work together at the Olive Garden. The tenant and pony boy. They probably were known as pretty tough people in the neighborhood after that. They didn't really have much to worry about other than going to prison for murder. But once charges never went through, they were probably just high on the hog. If you can imagine... It's probably a really great joke between the two of them. The fact that they got away with this. And nobody said anything. Because their fear tactics worked. I'm always encouraging the witnesses to come forward. But if you know anything about this case. If one time you were in jail and somebody casually mentioned something to you, or you were at the bowling alley, and someone's ever mentioned anything about this case, if you think you know some clues, some insight, that's not necessarily written in this report, maybe a reason why they didn't like the victim, or... I don't know. I mean, if you have any clues at all, there's a way to send messages to my podcast. Feel free to leave me a message. I'd love to hear some theories on uh, this case.